This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. And the way it hit me was I was at a party and somebody said, what do you do? And I knew what they were asking. They wanted to know what I did professionally. But I started to answer that question of what I did professionally. And then I cut myself off and I'm like, you know... I'm a father and I'm a husband. And when I'm not doing that, I do a couple other things. And that felt like such a good answer. The problem is it wasn't true. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids & Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill. And today we're talking about why it's important to put your family before your career or your business. A lot of us are hard-charging employees or side hustlers or business owners who are looking to grow, get that promotion, or just make more money. But we can't forget the most important people in our lives, our spouses and our children. Today, we're going to talk about how we can practice putting family first and how it'll help us be even more successful in our financial lives. John Vroman is my guest today. He is married to his wife, Tatiana, and he's a father to two energetic and playful boys, Tiger and Ocean, and they live in Austin, Texas. He is a best-selling author and the founder of a global network of men at FrontRowDads.com. They believe in being family men with businesses, not businessmen with families. John is the host of the top-rated Front Row Dads podcast, where he interviews experts and everyday dads from around the world to extract and understand the rituals, routines, and habits that help every man better serve their families and communities. Welcome to the show, John. Dude, can you do all my introductions? (laughs) Anytime, man. I'm always looking for side hustles, so, you know, hook me up. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Well, I'm inspired by what you do. I'm a big fan of your show, and I understand you work with a lot of parents to help them be better dads and better people all around. So have you gotten a gist, I guess, overall, what's the long-term impact on kids who have parents that are more present in their businesses or their career than with their family? I think that's the big experiment, right? I mean, that's what we're and you know, it's an interesting piece of it because it's such a long game that we don't always know. I mean, I've had parents express that to me. They're like, I just don't know because I mean, am I being too tough or too light? We really won't know until we're seeing the effect of it, you know, the values that we're attempting to instill years down the road. And so it's a game of faith in many ways. And that's why we look back at our own childhood. We ask ourselves what worked, you know, do we feel what worked and, and what can we continue to implement within our families, carry the tradition forward. And where do we feel like, hey, that that didn't work and we need to change something. You know, some things I look back on my childhood and I think, you know, yeah, that was tough. And I went through that and I'm glad because it kind of fortified, you know, this, this character that I'm very proud that I have today. And then there's other pieces of it where I'm like, yeah, I, I might have made the best of a bad situation, but I don't need to deliver that to my kids like for them to be able to get, it's not just like, well, I went through it as a kid and suffered. So you're going to also, it's a rite of passage. You go, nah, I don't know that we need that, but there's a lot of hardships that kids are going to face. There's a lot of traditions that, uh, that worked for us as parents. We want to continue to pass along. And I think that this is a big experiment, man. So I think we're all hoping that what we're doing today is going to help our kids and then generations to come. Yeah. It's a lot of trial and error too, right? What might work for you sure. and your family might be completely different for another family, right? 
It's a lot of moving pieces, man. Your kids are growing and changing every day. Your wife or your partner, your spouse, they're changing every day. You're changing every day. So that, and the combination of all that, the, the, the amount of possible, uh, interactions and, and crossroads that, you know, boy, it's, it's endless. So that's why this is a game that will always keep us entertained. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's, let's be entertained today. Well, let's talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and I understood that there was a moment that you kind of decided that maybe you weren't putting family first. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? The, the high level view of this is that I was a, a corporate executive, decided to take the leap to start my own business. Uh, and I did. I went, so let's think about this for a second. That was 2008 that I did that. So all in one year, I left a corporate job with secure paycheck, started my own company, bought a second house, got married and had a child all within 12 months. <laughs> and uh, then I proceeded to spend all my money year two trying to call myself a motivational speaker. Uh, that was year one, sorry. Year two, I went $100,000 in credit card debt trying to call myself a motivational speaker. And year three, it finally worked. I won an award in the college speaking market and uh, and made $100,000, barely starting to dig myself out of debt. The next year, uh, I, I made $200,000 and started to pay down some of that debt. And by year three, we were in the clear and uh, the rest is history. So it was a very interesting journey. And the the thing that you're referring to is, uh, you know, I, I was in a startup grind mentality, right? Like I want to, uh, I want to build this thing. So I have time and freedom for my family. And I think we find there's a lot of people that find themselves in this place. It's like, you're busy trying to build a life for time and freedom from your family. And you're spending all your time and freedom with your family <laughs> building a startup. And it's <laughs> like, for me, I woke up one day and my son was six and I was like, you know, I've been talking a lot about being a great dad and building a life of flexibility. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, I had read so many books on leadership and speaking and writing and coaching and all these things on entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship and and I read so many books on that and I said when I become a dad I'm going to read so many books on fatherhood and parenting and marriage I'm going to be the best dad there right like I remember this not just an outward communication but an internal dialogue about what, how this is all going to go and then one day here we are my son's six and I'm like I've read two books on parenting I have never been to one personal growth conference to be a better father or husband and the way it hit me was I was at a party and somebody said what do you do. And I knew what they were asking. They wanted to know what I did professionally, but I started to answer that question of what I did professionally. And then I cut myself off and I'm like, you know, I'm a father and I'm a husband. And when I'm not doing that, I do a couple other things. And that felt like such a good answer. The problem is it wasn't true. It wasn't true. When I went home and I got honest with myself, I looked at my calendar, I looked at all the folders I had on my desktop, and every single one of them was for building a charity, core values of the business, every single thing. And the calendar, I invested 50 grand that year, 30,000 to become a better speaker, 20,000 in my next book, and it was all these things. And I was like, I invested zero dollars in my family. I invested zero time uh, learning and growing. And I said, well, all right, that's gotta change. So, uh, because I host live events and I had done that for over a decade at that point, I decided to get 30 guys together and said, look, we're going to do a conference. And there's the only rule is no business talk. We're tired of talking about business. You can talk about business forever. You know, there's always another book to write. There's always another speech to give. There's always another, uh, vertical of your business. We're I'm tired of it. We're not going to talk about it anymore. And we had such a good time. It was so powerful. That's where it all began to shift. And uh, that was three years ago. That's incredible. So you you surrounded yourself with like-minded individuals who are all trying to improve in the area totally. of family and business, of course, but that's a sort of a 
you know, when you take care of your family, you're going to take care of your business as well. So let's talk about the changes that you then made. Let's talk about your marriage first. Obviously, that's the, a big portion of this show and making sure that we've got a lot going on with our spouses. What did you do to change from that point to say, I'm going to, I'm going to make some changes today and improve things? What did you do? Yeah, one of them that comes to mind is that, uh, you know, for years I conditioned myself and I had, you know, I believe deeply and it served me that, hey, eat the frog, right? Do the toughest thing first. Wake up, get it going, right? When are you most creative? What are the best hours of the day? We'll give those to the most difficult task in your business. I was really good at that. I did that and I achieved business success as a result of it. The problem is that that continued into my role as a family man. My wife stayed at home with the kids and I was like, well, you take care of the kids. I'm going to go make the money. So these are my best hours of the day. I need your support. The challenge is she's not really a morning person. Now, I am right? I'm, I love to wake up and crush it, right? It's just not her style. So I would get angry at her. We would have fights and, and I would be like, you know, I, I need your help. You're not supporting me. Like it would lead into this big, she's like, you don't understand me. You don't want to, like, it was just this big thing. But finally I was like, wait a minute. If the whole goal is I'm a family man with a business, not a businessman with a family. Why is it that my family doesn't get the best of me? They get the rest of me. Right. And, and why is that? Why is it that I'll go pour everything in, right? I'll come home and I'll have laid it all on the line for my family and had nothing left to give my family, which was really challenging to think about. And so I said, wait a minute, why can't I flip this on the head? I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. I get to design my schedule. So I started not taking any call, making any appointment before 10 a.m. And I said, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to take care of my kids. I'm going to take care of my wife. I'm going to bring her coffee in bed. I'm going to I'm gonna step up where she is like, I'm not strong in this area. And I am. I'm going to give my best to my family. And guess what? Business did not suffer. My, my revenues continued to grow. And I feel amazing going into my workday because I gave to my family first. And that, that's a, it's a small example of it. And, um, it really, like I started driving my son to school every day and started cooking breakfast in the morning. I was reading with them. I was met, you know, I turned my meditations in the morning to just like me hanging with my five-year-old tickling his back and just breathing, trying to match breathing patterns with him and, you know, building with them or play whatever it is, you know, it just became family time. And that now has been, you know, several years that we've been doing that. And I can't imagine ever going back. That's great. Well, it's good to hear that the, there's been not only a positive result in your family, but a positive result in your business as well, because you're taking care of yourself, you're taking care of your family, and in turn, the business, the business thrives as well. So do you have any rituals or traditions that you've done with your wife that kind of keep things out, um, keep things going, keep things alive? You know, sometimes concrete examples of things like that can help people as they're looking to, you know, strengthen their relationship. Yeah, tons, man. You know, the marriage has been, you know, interesting. We started Front Row Dads because we wanted to be better dads. Um, but through our conversations at our retreats, it became very clear that the way to be an amazing dad is through an amazing marriage, right? That one of the greatest gifts, if not the greatest gift, when you think about priority order, somebody might say it's God, self, marriage, then kids, or self, marriage, kids, right? You have to be a strong individual to bring something to your marriage. Uh, you need to have a great marriage so that you can then both powerfully serve your family. And so, um, yeah, we have 
experimented with and played with and are always adjusting our rituals and our routines and our rhythms. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you some that are very relevant, very in the moment right now for where we are. So one of those is that um, this weekend, we have a couples retreat with one of my buddies, Jeff Woods, who runs uh, The One Thing Company. If you know The One Thing with Jay Papazan, mm, Gary Keller, yeah. amazing book. Absolutely. So Jeff is, Jeff is my neighbor. He's also a front row dad. He runs this retreat with Jay Papazan and my wife and I are going to be going to that. So I think that having some type of getaway routine, you know, some type of step away and connect. Now, whatever level that looks like for you and your family, it's good. So my wife and I are on this two-week rotation with a weekly date. And so uh, every other week we go out, it's a day date. So it's 11 to 3, 11 to 2.30 uh, is when we pick up our son. And um, we, she plans one time and I plan the next one. So we rotate. That's a weekly tradition. We have campaign traditions or quarterly traditions or yearly traditions like uh, time away to plan or, 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 right? Or how did the week, how did the year go? And what do we want for next year? So that's important. We need fun time. We need time that's like just adventure time. My wife loves adventure. So one of the things that I, I've had to pay attention to this, right? What does she need? What is she, she's told me for years, I ignored her, right? I just didn't listen. I was like, no, no, I know what you need. But no, I was wrong. And I finally started listening because I, I had to let go, right? My ego of like, I'm such a great listener. I'm such a great businessman. No, you are terrible at, you know, doing this at home. And so I'm taking my wife on a big trip this year for her 40th birthday. We're going to go to Europe, right? So there's, I had to weave adventure in and uh, I had to step up big there, right? And, and, and that was important. My wife's been telling me for years she loves to dance and I didn't pay attention to that, right? I didn't, I, 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 it's like, yeah, I heard that, but I didn't give it weight. I didn't give it, I didn't give it value. I didn't really process. I was like, yeah, well, if we dance, I'd be nice. I know, I know that's important, baby. You know, we just can't get it into the schedule now until finally we said, we're making this a weekly thing. So now every single week we go, we do a private dance lesson and she is lit up, man. She is so lit up. So the thing that, um, and I could keep going on and on, right? We've got lots of rhythms, lots of routines, lots of rituals, things and little things. I mean, I could dial it down just to the day. And it, this is this morning. My wife does not want to wake up with an alarm clock. Hmm. Now you might say, come on, man. That's, you know, like, yeah, let's get her into, you know, whip her into shape here. Truth is, some women want you, their men to bring coffee in bed. Some women want, you know, a, a hug and a kiss before they go to work. Some women want flowers. Some women want, right? Just in some partners, spouses or whatever, right? The thing is you have to listen to your partner and what they're, what they need. And my wife wants me to walk upstairs, uh, grab her feet, pull them off the bed, <laughs> help her stand up, right? Hug her, rub her back, scratch her back and walk her to the bathroom. <laughs> That's what she wants, man. That's what she wants. And the crazy part is I can fight that until I am dead. But the point is that that's what she wants. And what am I to say that that's not how she, that's how she experiences love. That's what she, so even this morning she walked downstairs, she hugged me, she kissed me. She goes, thank you for being so sweet this morning. That is what she wants. And I can be like, why can't you just be the wife that wakes up with an alarm and like, just have me make you coffee. That's what, that's what normal people do. But the truth is that you've got to really pay attention and then you've got to adjust your, you got to stop trying to be like every other couple, every other family, every other, well, why can't you be more like this wife? And why can't, right? It's like, no, let her be her, listen to her 
you know, meet her where she's at, give her the needs that need to be met for her, that she's defined, that she is telling you, she's screaming at you what she wants. Sometimes we just don't pay attention. I love it, man. That's great. So if Tatiana were here right now, how would she say things have changed with regard to you over the past couple of years with these rituals, routines, and just your general sense of being? Dude, she might walk in and be able to answer that question. Uh, it's not, not uncommon for her to surprise us on these shows. So uh, I, I think there's about a 50% chance you could ask her that question. But, you know, here's what I would say. You know, it's funny is the first thing that came to mind. I, by the way, I don't know how censored I need to be on the show. We didn't talk about that in the You're, beginning. It's a semi-family show, but I've always got the editing switch. So don't worry. Do what you got to do. All right, do. guys. And if you need to, earmuffs for the kids. But let me tell you what I think is really important, right? And what she would tell you is like our sex life has really improved over the last couple of years. And I will tell you why that is. Um, so I, I started paying attention. I started learning. I started reading. I'd never read a book on how to be better at sex, right? Or I never, I, I was just like, and it's almost like uh, you don't want to admit that as a man, that you might not be good in that area, mm-hmm. right? Or that there's a lot more for you to learn. There's a, there's a humility that comes along with that. And for me, I knew that this was an area where I wanted to put some energy and attention. I had some brothers, some guys in the group that were were talking about breakthroughs they were having in this area. And I was like, wow, you know, this is, these are things, it's not a conversation I've had. This is not a, st- a topic that I've studied deeply. I've had sex, right? <laughs> Clearly I've got children <laughs> to prove it. Uh, but, uh, but the truth is that I was not really great, man. That is the God's honest truth. So here's the deal. I started learning. I started, um, I, and here's the biggest thing. What I realized was that, uh, the biggest thing was I wasn't, I wasn't truly stepping up in our marriage. Like, and here's my breakthrough. I said, if we got divorced, what would I do? If we got divorced, I would probably buy some new clothes. This is like, this is literal, right? Like I played this out in my head. I buy a new car. I'd, I'd, uh, buy some new clothes. I'd start hitting the gym a little more. I would. And then if I started dating, what would I do? I mean, I'd create some epic dates. I would take people on some really cool, I'd figure out what was to do in Austin and where we're going to go. And I would be working to impress people is really what I'd be doing. And then it hit me. I'm like, why on earth would I not do that right now? Why am I not doing that for the most important person? Why am I not getting some new clothes? Why am I not hitting the gym? Why am I not, right? Why am I not kissing this woman? Like I'm trying to impress her. Why am I not taking her on dates where I'm trying to woo this woman? So we've, we've done some things in the front row dads community where we're, we have these woo your wife challenges, right? Where we're sharing ideas about how we're showing up big. And that's what she would tell you. She would say that the biggest shift in our relationship was the biggest shift with me. My, my, my commitment to, to stepping up in that area that caused the biggest shift for her in our relationship. And that's what happens, right? Most of the time shifts in a relationship occur because one person decides they are going to take ownership and responsibility. If you got two people who are taking responsibility, boy, that's going to light things up. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing coast fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, 
and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everyone. Let's jump back into the show. Let's, let's talk about the kids' side of things. So we talked about some of these great traditions you guys have built and some uh, great relationships that you guys are starting to build. How have you, I guess, thought about success when you're saying, hey, I'm trying to improve my relationship with my kids. How do you gauge that success based on where you were in the past? I think it's how well do you know your kids and how well do they know dad, right? Uh, that That's a real question. I, you know, when I, when I met my wife back in 2005, right? 2005, I met my wife. This was a time in life when, you know, I had been with somebody prior to my wife. We had dated for a long time. And I used to ask people, how do you know when she's the one? How do you know when she's the one? And I struggled with that ongoingly. And we never got married. And then when I met my wife, I didn't have to ask that question. Hmm. I asked nobody, how do you know when she's the one? And the reason I didn't ask is because I didn't need to. And so people would ask me then afterwards, last couple of years, right? Last decade of my life after being married for 11 years, young people, how do you know, John, when she's the one? I'd say, when you don't have to ask that question. <laughs> and so sometimes parents will be like, well, how do I know if I'm really connected to my kids? How do I know if I'm really making a difference? How do I know? And it's like, when, when you are, you won't need to ask that question, right? And a lot of times we're like, well, is it age appropriate? 
you go, that that is really more of a symptom of a disconnect between you and your child than anything else. That if you're asking, if you're really struggling with age appropriateness, now I'm not saying everybody struggles a little bit, right? Everybody's going to ask that question. But if you are deeply struggling with something's age appropriate for your kid, it genuine, in my opinion, my projection on the world is that it means we don't know our kids well enough to be able to answer that question. Yeah. We got to plug in. We got to dial in. We got to spend more time. We got to ask more questions. We got to learn. We got to know where they're at and where they, you know, and, and we got to know ourselves enough and our relationship and where the relationship stands to be able to have those conversations. So to me, success is having a relationship where I know what this kid needs. I am attuned. I am listening. I'm paying attention to the vibe, right? Sometimes parents are like, oh, I didn't know they were going through that thing. I didn't know. And I'm like, look, I'm not, there's no judgment here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to dish out insults to parents that are really trying. But what I am saying is that it, it, look, I know what it's like to be totally disengaged with my wife and my kids. And I know what it's like to be engaged. And there is a very big difference. I know how to succeed at a birthday party when I'm plugged into what my kid wants and what he's passionate about. I've had the moments where grandma and grandpa asked me, they're like, what is, what does tiger ocean want? And I'm like, ah, baby, Tatiana, what do they want? You know? And what does that say that I don't know as a dad, what my kids want for their birthday? Yeah. Sweetie, do you know, I I've been there, right? So uh, that's what we need to do. That's success to me. Plugged in. That's what, to me, that's what a front row dad is. Front row dad is about its engagement. It's a, front row is a metaphor of proximity, right? When we step up, when we are close to something that's meaningful, important in our lives, when we are engaged, when we're listening, when we are cheering, when we are participating and co-creating, that is to me ultimate success. Because look, we're going to all make tons of mistakes. And we're all going to be constantly learning. And everybody has a superpower. Dad's out there, everybody listening. They all got a superpower. They got something to offer other men, other people in the world. And you, if you, and if you are being honest with yourself, you have a lot to learn in, in different areas too. And just when you thought you've learned something and you've mastered it, life will change, things change, dynamics change, and you'll need to relearn it, which is why we always say at Front Row Dads, it's not always about learning something new. It's about remembering something true. It's not always about a new family value. It's actually remembering the true family values that you have and reintegrating them into your family because you might have lost touch. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Well, you know, there's somebody listening right now that's thinking, you know, this sounds great. I want more connection with my wife. I want more connection with my kids. But if I'm not concentrating on my business or moving up the ladder at work, then I won't actually be providing financially for my family and taking them to the next level. What would yep. you say to that? It's a hierarchy of needs. Look, if you, if your kids can't eat, okay, and your kids are not safe, they don't have a roof over their head, then yes, you need to grind and hustle your way to protect, give them their basic human needs. That is your job, right? Uh, if you need to do that, that is the space you're in, then wonderful. Now, if you're hustling and grinding to keep your kids in their 5,500 square foot house and in private school, and you keep claiming that what you're doing is providing your kids so that you can take them to Europe on a 10 day vacation at the Ritz Carlton, and that's why you can't be with your kids, that, that you, there's a check-in there that needs to occur right? Uh, that is not what your kids need. And arguably, some of that's going to be really crushing to your kids, right? Because uh, uh, to grow up with all that wealth and privilege is not always a true gift, right? That's not always a true gift. So we need to reevaluate our hierarchy of needs. So look, again, if you got to hustle and grind to put food on the table or a roof over their head, I get it. Do that. But once, and, and all the science shows it, right? We've seen the reports. It says after a certain amount of money, it is not 
money that's going to make you a better dad, which is why in Front Row Dads, our five pillars are not about finances. They're not. Now, here's the thing. Am I opposed to making money? Definitely not. I, I, I make great money. And guys in our group have some of them have tremendous wealth, millions and millions of net worth, right? Tens of millions, even hundreds of millions. It's not about that. It's the truth is that we also put guys together that one guy might be worth 10 million, another guy is worth 100,000 or whatever, or trying to build any type of net worth. And the guy that's worth 100,000 can be, can be teaching the guy that's worth 10 million a ton of great things about marriage and parenting and all that. So I think that there is a, our rule is no business talk right? In our community. Here's what you need. Yeah, guys, get in a business mastermind. Yeah. Get, get focused on your business and grow something epic. Make millions of dollars if you want, because you could do great things with the world. And oftentimes value that the financial return is a, it is a reflection on the value you bring to the world. Not always, but many times it is right. So I'm a huge fan of that. Most of the guys in our group are also in a business mastermind. But the thing is that we we have to create space for these conversations because, again, you will hustle your way through decades of life. You'll wake up one day, your kids will be 18 moving out of the house, and you'll be like, I'm still in a startup business. Look, I have a buddy who runs a huge business, and I'm like, how are things going? It's been 10 years. He goes, I feel like we're in startup mode every single year. That, that That's just the way it is. So we need to make sure that some way, somehow we've got accountability in our lives because the fact is we're heroes at work. Many a times we are, we're at our desks, building, creating, typing, creating content. We're heroes on stages. We're heroes when we write books and people tell us how we've changed their lives. It's, it's an, we are the bot. We hire people, contractors. They listen to us. We tell them what they want. They build beautiful things. Hey, here's the website I want. Here's the, it's, it's, oh, it's amazing, right? It's so good. And then we get home and it's tough, right? It's like, wow, this is, sometimes we're like, this isn't fun. Right? Like, give me back to my, like, <laughs> not getting I as many on, compliments here. Right? I need to go on a business trip where <laughs> exactly. I can eat at any restaurant I want, stay at a hotel. And why, like, I need a business trip. And then we get addicted to travel, right? I walk in, I, I my, 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 my top year as a speaker, I, I have 40 presentations, 40 paid keynote speeches. I show up, I give a speech. I'm a hero. Nobody knows any of my problems. They give me a standing ovation. They take me out to dinner. They hug me at the end. They want me to sign a book. That's addictive. That's addictive. Then I walk in and home and my wife's like, you know, you're gone. You know, you've been, and I'm like, I'm providing for our family. And she's like, but we need, and I'm like, ah, you don't appreciate me. And then my kids are whining and complaining. And I'm like, well, you know what, ask your mom. I don't know where, what you're allowed to have for dessert. Ask your mom. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm weak. Right. Yeah. That's what I would say. Demand it. You're, here's what I would say to any business entrepreneur. Look, you need a short-term hustle grind period in your life. You need to give yourself six months, a year, whatever it is, fine. But give yourself a deadline and then say, I'm going to do this for a period of time, but then I'm not going to make this my ongoing pattern. I'm going to put vacations on the, on the calendar first, even if that's a staycation. I'm going to put time with my kids in the morning and at night. I don't care what opportunity presents itself. And, and you know, as my buddy Jim Shields says, and you know Jim, right? It's like sometimes business has to suffer, and that's fine. You demand it, you schedule it, you make it happen, and that's what I would say. And you're living proof that that investment in family only makes your business even better. So John, I really appreciate these awesome words of wisdom and inspirational stories on your personal background. Where's the best place for people to learn more about you and stay connected? 
Yeah, you can learn all about my ongoing failures <laughs> <laughs> and experiments with success uh, at, at frontrowdads.com. You know, and and uh, you know, I'll say this, man, just as a final parting word, is like, and I love what you're doing, and I'm so grateful for this. It's so bravo to you and to your community for for the amazing work you're doing. Um, I, I didn't start Front Row Dads because I was crushing it and wanted to tell everybody what to do. I always tell men that I started it because I was getting crushed and wanted answers. So I'm, I'm, I'm an interviewer. I'm a reporter. I'm an investigator on this journey with so many men constantly trying to find uh, the answers and the accountability and the inspiration to, to, so that I don't you know, leave this world with the biggest regret of like, man, I wish I would have for my family. I want to do it now. Time is ticking. We only have so many hours, you know, as Jim says, uh, shout out to Jim Shields, you know, 18 summers, that's what we get. And so, um, yeah, bravo to you, man. And thanks for the interview and thanks for the time. Absolutely. And if you want to hear those in-depth interviews and that deep dive into how men are trying to figure this out for their families, check out his podcast as well. You guys are listening to this podcast right now. Go to Front Row Dads in the podcast player and check that one out as well. John, thank you so much for your time today, man. This is great. Thanks for having me. I love that chat. So many things that I'm working on personally, and I don't know, it just really hit home. (laughs) Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with John Vroman. Number one, date your spouse. When John talked about what he'd do after he got divorced and then realized he should just do those things now, that was a wake-up call for me. So powerful just to think about, man, if I got divorced, what would I do to get my life together and, and really impress this woman, this new woman in my life? Well, how about the current woman in your life? <laughs> after 10 years of marriage, I need to think like a uh, recently divorced man and date my wife today. (laughs) This goes for both the men and women listening. By the way, we have a 50-50 audience. I didn't know if you knew that, uh, male-female. Anyway, date your spouse. Make them feel loved. Go out of your way for them. According to John, it's well worth it. Number two, learn your children. We discussed how we can gauge success in parenthood. According to John... It's how well you know your kids. This is an excellent challenge for all of us. We can provide for them, but what they really want from us is time and love and dedication. With some focused, focused dedication, we can become closer with them and know them better than we ever have before. Number three, don't say I'll do it later because later won't come. It's important to make sure our family is taken care of financially. That is a lot of what this show is about, right? But once all those basic needs are met, let's dive in and give our family the best of ourself that we can. So read that parenting book. Make your spouse a cup of coffee. (laughs) Set a date for one-on-one time with your kids. Put it on the calendar. Soon enough, it's going to become a habit. And what seems like no time at all, you'll start to reap the benefits of a happier household. John, thank you so much for sharing your adventures in family improvement with us today. We all have room to be better for our spouse and and our kids, and you're showing us how to get it done. Thank you. As a quick reminder, everybody, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific situation. 
Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do any one of these three things to support this show. Number one, join our Thriving Families Facebook community at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash fbgroup or simply type in Thriving Families in the Facebook search bar. There's about 630 of us now, 650, something like that. Lots of families in there talking about how we can help each other win with money and just these family life goals. So join us. Number two, subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you know, even on YouTube. So check us out there. And then the last thing, number three, share this episode with a friend who wants to improve their relationship with their spouse and their kids. You can find this show and all the links and resources mentioned at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 170. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 170. And if you are new to the show, I would highly recommend you check out session 116, the 10 steps to young family wealth and happiness. You can find that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 116. It is a great place to start. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Maya Angelou. I sustain myself with the love of family. Family first, my friends. Carpe diem.